0: When you think of Shakespeare's greatest roles, your Hamlets, your I don't know, your Lears, your Cleopatras, their mo- your your most challenging Shakespeare roles, those are the ones you think of. But for my money, Hamlet, Schmamlet, Lear Schmleer, Cleopatra, Schmleopatra. Yes. Two the most challenging roles in the <laughs> canon are Stefano and Trinculo from The Tempest. But then I saw these two gentlemen. Adam Wesley Brown and Ron E. Raines play Stefano and Trinculo in The Tempest at the Chicago Shakespeare uh, Theater uh, a few
1: years ago now. Boy, gentlemen, how did you do it? Well, you know, Austin, in our practiced and studied hours together. <laughs> no, no.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, and now in its 15th year, number 766, Stefano and Trinculo. Adam Wesley Brown and Ron E. Raines played Stefano and Trinculo in the 2015 Chicago Shakespeare Theater production of The Tempest, directed by Aaron Posner and Teller of the comedy magician duo Penn and Teller. This was a wonderful production from top to bottom that I still think about, and for absolutely no reason at all except that I'm a big fan of both of these gentlemen, I got to speak this week with Adam and Ron about how they played their roles and how long they'd known each other before they did. Turns out, they didn't. So Ron and I met doing
1: that show, and did you? Um,
2: at the audition,
1: right? Audition together. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and the
0: right there, that was one of the glories of the the challenges of the role and the glory of the way you guys did it was because there was this connection between you two, like you had been doing a vaudeville routine for many, many years, um, and that's
1: hard to do
2: just clicked we really did just click
1: no I remember I remember now that you bring that up Ron I remember we did we did one of the scenes together in the audition and we walked out and we're like Adam Ron nice to meet you how you doing but we kind of looked at each other like well that was a lot that was a lot of fun I sure hope I get to see you around some sometime yeah, yeah I think
2: we did have that conversation
1: yeah we clicked pretty immediately and we just had we've never stopped having fun from the first time we met. So it's always a great joy to get in a show with Ron or to get to be a, be around Ron because we, we have such a good time together. And it was, I mean, like, it was one of those shows where it's hard to call it work because it was just, I get to go hit, pal around with my buddy on stage.
2: And play some music. It was a lot of fun. That was a good show.
0: And that yeah. was that that was part of the joy of it too, is that both of you guys played music, played ukulele or guitar or something. I mean, wow. it was a great, it was like a definitive production of *The Tempest* from top to bottom. And that's one of the other challenges of that play. There are so many great parts, but also difficult parts. And usually, you focus on Ariel and Prospero and and and, and Miranda, and then you well, kind of go were hacks.
2: Larry Yando, <laughs> give me a break.
0: Such <laughs> you can't direct him anyway just let him go Uh, he does it he
1: he just talks and talks and talks
0: (laughs) and talks um but but you guys have i've seen you both as leads in other shows you are i mean they had leads it all the way down it was such a deep bench of talented actors um, in this production, how were you guys left to your own devices? Had you ever played any of Shakespeare's clowns before? Um, how did how did they work you guys into mesh? Make you guys mesh with the whole um, aesthetic, if you will, of the entire production?
2: Yeah, well, stock. Yeah, the clowns are stock and trade for me, and uh, you know Costard and
0: uh, who else? Bottom, we both played Bottom a few times, mm-hmm. I think. Let me ask you this. Um, I always find the clowns incredibly uh, intimidating because you know they're supposed to be funny, but they're filled with 400-year-old jokes and references that nobody understands anymore. Do you guys find them intimidating or are they liberating and wonderful?
2: Because they're old, old jokes, I think you have a lot more freedom. You know, we don't speak in um, iambic pentameter, you know, three verse. So we have a lot of leeway to do whatever we want to. And a lot of times that means making a completely different joke. Right. But whatever joke it is, it's always best, I think, to make it sexual.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that, that never goes out of style. But, you know, while you were asking that question, Austin, it made me think about um, the Porter and Macbeth, um, which I've been in a number of productions of and seen a lot of failed attempts at that and, some of the more successful ones, you know, is it intimidating? I find it a challenge. I take it as a, as a challenge of can you make that funny? And what can you do to bring that alive? Especially like The Porter, like it's a very serious, dark, dark play. And out of nowhere, there's like, a, you know, a tight five from the stand-up guy in the middle of the show out of nowhere. And how do you fit that from a, from a larger aspect of the show? Where, where, where do you fit that in? How does it change the ph level of the show of the story that you're telling and then also how do you make it work how do you completely alter the the trajectory emotional trajectory of a, of a moment and then throw in a uh stand-up routine and then have to immediately turn it back around and get back to the, the serious stuff and you know in 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 response to your earlier question we worked with two fellas from the palabalos dance company who played um caliban yeah um and so a lot of the the front end of our rehearsal was them doing movement work because they were twisting and turning on top of each other, amazing acrobatic stuff. Um, So a lot of the first part of it was very much Ron and I just kind of spitting lines at them so they could choreograph movements and leaving Ron and I kind of to our own devices at first. So we learned like, oh, we are a bit of a bit factory. We can just keep, we can bounce off of each other. So it became, we... By the time we got to, okay, now let's go back to the scene work, we already had, I don't know, 10, 15 dumb jokes for every possible moment, and we're churning them out so fast that then it just became fun of, like, what what does this moment look like? Uh, how how do we fit this in? Where where can we go in this time? Well, and I firmly believe that's how they did it in Shakespeare's Day. You know? Yeah.
0: The really. clowns, just do your thing, clowns. Yeah. How do you think it works that one becomes known for what become what one becomes known for? You know, you you guys have become known as clowns, I guess, in, in Shakespeare land. But um, I mean, I've also seen you in other roles where you're more straight. I, Adam, I didn't see you in *Rosenkrantz* or *Gildenstern Are Dead*, but you were one of either R or G. And uh, and 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 Ron, you I saw you just recently play recently, before the pandemic, in the before times. In the on, before times, yeah play Mushnik in um Little Shop of Horrors, which was just wonderful. And 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 now I'm about to answer my own question. I think one of the reasons is that you guys are both you're you you guys are funny, but it's grounded in the truth, you know, acting stuff, grounded in the truth of the moment, grounded in the given circumstances, grounded in what you guys want and in and in many times, you know, horrible stuff. All the best comedy comes out of horrible stuff, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) tragedy plus time equals comedy right yeah right Uh, my
2: my dad died this past october oddly enough talking about sad stuff and my uh the the um the the death certificate came in the mail today my wife says hey your dad's death certificate came in the mail today open it up and it says small cell lung cancer i say it out loud she kind of looks at me she said could have said big <laughs> <laughs> and i nearly kissed myself it was beautiful
0: <laughs> More would, have been a, would have been a compensation devoutly to be wished
1: yeah <laughs> yeah you know i mean that's that's always isn't that always the case though you know you look at robin williams uh his his comedy stuff is obviously the, the best to ever do it jim carrey Um, And then you watch, you know, um, Eternal Sunshine or you watch, um, oh, what was that scary movie, Robin Williams? One hour photo. Mm. It was terrifying in that. But it was, oh, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't remember if it's a good movie or not, but I remember his performance in it is utterly terrifying. But it's, you know, and it's one of those things of, Ron and I did um, another show after The Tempest called The Book of Joseph, which was about the Holocaust. Mm. And which is, you know, famously just ripe with material for jokes. Um, but Ron's Ron's work in that uh, was was really uh, was one of those times where I sat back as a fan and a friend and was like, oh, damn, what a what a fine bit of grounded, like you were just saying, grounded, reali- realistic work that's happening on stage. And then he comes off and, you know, he'll make a fart joke immediately after doing a very emotional scene. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating. It was also one of those things of like, he'd do something funny. And I'd be like, well, I, I gotta do something funnier. I gotta make him laugh now. It's, it's my turn.
2: Right. Don't you find it's more uh, rewarding though, to play um, serious characters, Adam? I mean, for me, I know, I know it can be funny. I mean, I don't want to be full of myself, but. I know i can be funny i get hired that way it's more it's it's uh it's more rewarding for me and maybe for you too adam to like not be funny
1: well it's like it's like what you said austin at the beginning here when you go and see hamlet you think of when you're walking away from the show you're thinking obviously how is hamlet you know gertrude claudius you think of the big ones you're not thinking about the players in the middle of the in the you know the fourth act or wherever that is and you know right or the about. grave digger, yeah, or the grave digger, and oftentimes it's like I wonder if that's if that's more of a compliment of like it was good and then you forgot about it because it was it was there and it served its purpose, Intigral, but it didn't yeah. detract. Yeah, it didn't detract from the show. As if you're walking out of a Hamlet performance going, yeah, whatever. Put that grave digger though. Yeah, I think something, a <laughs> something something might have gone wrong.
0: This is Christopher Moore, the author of Fool and the Serpent of Venice, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare company, but you can now find our next round of performance dates at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. But spoiler alert, there's only one performance currently scheduled for 2021 in November. But another one is being penciled in tentatively for December 2021. And as soon as that's official, I'll let you know. You can check our Facebook and Twitter feeds for the latest information, but as always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for The Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com, click on the link to subscribe, and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with actors Adam Wesley-Brown and Ron E. Raines, who played Stefano and Trinculo in the 2015 Chicago Shakespeare Theater production of The Tempest, directed by Aaron Posner and Telly. I went, oh, I can't wait to see this. But I always sort of dread, oh, here comes Stefano and Trinculo, And you guys just, again, lifted it up to the same level as the rest of the play when it frequently isn't. And so I, I, I don't know if there's a way to examine how you did that, except that they just cast really talented actors uh, like you guys in the role. And now I'm thinking, Ron, as what you're talking about is that you're, on the one hand, you're um, the you're the cliche of the clown who wants to play Hamlet. I would love to see your Hamlet.
1: I would love to see that. I'm a little long in the tooth, but okay. You're no it, Ian McKellen. Ian, Ian McKellen's doing it right now. What are you yeah. talking about? Is he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was just thinking, you said that. And I was like, well, if he's gonna be Hamlet, then I'm definitely gonna be Claudius. Like, let's do this. Easily. Talk to me about the music in the production that
0: you were in, because they it was it was by Tom Waits, wasn't all it? Tom Waits,
1: all Tom Waits, all Tom
0: Waits.
2: Tom Waits. We were so hoping he
0: would show.
1: Yeah, and okay. there was even word in in the uh, in the tech week leading up to opening night, they, the message had been gotten to Tom Waits and through his people and returned back of like, yes, I'm aware you're doing this production. If I can make it, I will. all the best to you guys. But, we set up a chair for him. Nice, just reserved the
2: whole time.
1: I did it. You know that there was a great story they they told us about when they were coming up with how they were going to do it. The directors. Uh, Aaron Posner and Teller both said okay we want to add music let's go off and speak to some music friends to see if we can get some music and and Aaron had gone to some folks in DC where he's where he's based out of and some local composers and, and talented people for sure and they met back up in about a week and he said okay you know here's these three people that I know and Tom Tom or uh, Teller said well yeah you know I uh, reached out to Rod Stewart uh, he said, no, I didn't hear back from some other, like, uh, uh, Stephen Tyler didn't get back to me. But Tom Waits said we could have any music that that uh, that he that we wanted. And, and Aaron went, cool, well, um, yeah, okay, let's go ahead and use that then. Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's just put these other guys aside. I found music right around the time I found acting. So I've been playing music since I was about 10 or 11. So it's, wow. it's always a great joy to be able to marry the two on stage. And, you know, that was, uh, Tom Waits' music is very theatrical in and of itself. Um, and he gave us permission to, well, he gave the production. God, I wish Tom Waits had been like, hey, Adam, you can go ahead and do it to cover myself. That'd be really cool. But he, he gave the production permission to do with and adapt his music to however it suited. So we had a four-piece band on stage the entire show playing their versions of Tom Waits. And Waits, like Bob Dylan, is not necessarily renowned for having a you know particularly sonorous voice. And we had these two singers who are you know, Bethany Thomas was the main singer of the group. She is Aretha Franklin reborn in my opinion. The woman oh is God. unbelievable. You can't she can't sing yeah. bad. So how do you how do you do clap hands which is real bri- 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 down here but you put it in Bethany's voice and she wailed that song. And so it he allowed us the the freedom to change the music around to fit it. So when Ron and I like my entrance into the show was walking on stage singing everywhere i go it rains on me and you know being spooky uh, being scared of of the island and things like that i mean the song itself you you just have to play it and it kind of does the work for you but yeah we were given freedom to how would how would Trinculo, where does he take a pause does he play a wrong note what what happens with that there was a lot of freedom given to us cool and ron you
0: were did, did i am i understanding right that you did a lot of musical theater and from since college
2: yeah, where I went to school, they didn't really like musical theater people, and uh, I wasn't—I didn't want to be a musical theater person. Honestly, I wanted to be a, an opera singer, but I screwed up my voice being a, a <laughs> being a character man all these years. I screwed up my voice, so I couldn't do that anyway. So musical theater, yeah, I, I have done a lot of that, and I love to be in a musical. Well, and we uh, are learning
0: so much. You want to play Hamlet. You want to be Pavarotti. You—it's uh, it's, this is this is becoming the most tragic podcast I've ever recorded.
2: As far as I'm not really, I'm not really a musician. I could play the, uh, I played the piano since I was a kid. Um, I, I took some guitar uh, classes in junior high. So I'm not really, I'm not really a musician. I'm more of a utilitarian sort of uh, instrument player. When somebody needs me to to do the bare bones of an instrument, I can do it. So that's how I, I sort of, fake it until I make it.
0: That is one of the great things I think for young actors to just learn is just you know get a bunch of skills, boy.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I I learned uh, to play the saw for a show not too long ago, nice. and I have since been cast because I know how to play the saw. Uh, so. I've been cast because I can play the guitar. What little guitar I play—I mean, it's not little, but what? Absolutely, I would. I would absolutely uh, suggest that young actors figure out how to carry a tune when you're singing, and uh, and any kind of musical instrument is going to help you
0: along the way. Anything you put in your bag of tricks. Do you feel like your knowledge of music helps you with the, helps you with Shakespeare?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, It's a musical, it's a musical language that he writes. And if you can understand, yeah, there's a guy on Instagram I follow, I can't think of his name right now, but he does this series of videos where he he's a drummer and he does this series of videos called the rhythms of comedy. Mm -hmm. So he'll play a clip from a stand-up or a a funny scene in a movie or something. And he drums out the rhythm for the bits. And I mean, I, I think, Wow. Going hand in hand with what you were just asking about music, um, I, I've played music in almost every professional show I've done because I can play music. And that's either it's be, I get hired because I play music or somewhere in the rehearsal process, the director will find out I play music and want to add it into the show. So yeah. if you're a musician, you already understand rhythm and Shakespeare writes in a rhythm. They go, they're, they're kissing cousins, if you yeah. will.
2: I really had to fight. I don't know if you remember, but I had a huge flask that I took out of my pocket. My and when they first brought it in as a joke, you know, an assortment. And I, of course, went for the oversized one. It was, you know, it was big. And um, they're like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I said, let me try it. Let me try it. And uh, they eventually let me do it. And that was, I mean, prop fit. They've that was a huge laugh every, every night. night. Every
1: night, yeah. every night. It's also funny because Stefano and Tranquilo are a very separate storyline. They're they're almost the definition of B plot to a movie, yeah. where th- their actions don't have a lot of consequences on the greater story, and vice versa. So if you kind of let it be its own B movie, it, it it you can get a lot more out of it because you don't have to worry about well, how is this going to affect. Miranda right. and Ferdinand, or like, what will Ariel think of it? I mean, Ariel comes and messes with I, I remember when we were doing the rehearsals, in one of the bits, the only, I was I was always so miffed, because we never had any, we never did any magic tricks. The only thing magic we were a part of was at one point, um, Ariel made my pocket hanky and my zoot suit come out of my pocket and fight me. And so the only time I really got to work with Teller per se, besides, you know, speaking with him uh, outside of the rehearsal room, was on that trick and on that bit. And we were trying to figure out how to do it, what bit. And I remember saying, well, I don't wanna steal focus from the scene that's happening. And Teller looks at me and he goes, you're fighting a pocket hanky that's controlled by a made up spirit. What are you talking, yes, you're gonna steal the scene. That's funny. What? You- no, it's funny, we're gonna do it. If you're not stealing the scene, you're doing it wrong. Yeah.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your foolish performances via email to feedback at shakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow Ron E. Rains on Twitter at Ron underscore Rains, and he's on Instagram too, at Rains. And on Instagram, you can also follow Adam at at Adam Wesley Brown, all one word. You can follow me on Twitter, too, at Austin Titchener, on Instagram, at the.shakesperience, and I hope you'll check out my new website, The Shakespeareans. There you can find more information on how I can help you with monologues, presentations, and writing projects. Check out theshakesperience.com and my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Titchener. Thanks as always to Magical Sprite, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. A random fan shout-out this week goes to Asatira Gostwal. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Christopher Moore, the author of the New York Times bestselling novel, Fool. So, you know, he knows a few things about Shakespearean clowns. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 766 2298 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.
2: And uh, I just have to say, my feet... My feet during that show, so clean, so clean. <laughs> I had to scrub my feet every night because, you know, they licked my feet. They licked in between my toes. Ew. Oh, I loved it.
0: I...
1: <laughs> so funny. Hey, Ron, yeah.
0: Ron, we are learning so much about you. <laughs>